0: I don't really know if I want to Bo to be learning from a guy like Gritchik more so than another veteran. But um, no, I mean, hopefully Gritchik has a good year. He did have a good spring or summer. So um, I think he's batting seventh or he's like projected to bat seventh tomorrow. So yeah, I don't know. I don't expect too much from him this year, but hopefully he can step up and, and be a, an impactful player for them. I think um, in
1: four years, you're going to look back at Grichik's contract and think it's good.
0: Because he'll be gone.
1: <laughs> no, he I don't think he'll be gone.
0: So, yeah, first of all, big news today. So much stuff broke. Um, I want to start it off with uh, Jake Paul. I don't know if you heard, but uh, Jake Paul is going to be fighting uh, in the Mike Tyson undercard. And I don't know why I said Jake's name first. I should probably say Mike Tyson's name first because he's the big guy in this. Uh, he's making a comeback to uh, to the ring. So that's on September 12th, I believe. And uh, that should be an exciting fight. And yeah, like I said, Jake Paul is going to be on the undercard there fighting against an ex-NBA player, uh, Nate Robinson. I don't know if you've oh, heard the name. Yeah, I know but, uh, Nate
1: Robinson, the short guy.
0: Yeah, short guy, but... Apparently with
1: the Seahawks a couple years ago.
0: Yeah. He's a dual athlete. Um, he had a great NBA career played, played with a bunch of different teams and, um, yeah, he's tried out boxing. He's, he looks pretty good from the few videos I've seen. I don't really know if I have a, a prediction yet. It's, it's hard to say, but I do see a lot of people already counting Jake out. And I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Jake, but I wouldn't count him out yet because he looks okay and i don't really know what nate can do he, he doesn't have a a professional fight under his belt like jake does or jake has like two fights one professional so i don't know just thought i'd throw that in there off the top um also we got some hockey news as well uh seattle they announced their team name and news. their uh, jersey and logo seattle kraken what, what do you think of of that name
1: Uh, It's pretty cool. I think it was the one that won the uh, name competition they did over there. So, yeah, I think if it's what the fans wanted, it's the direction they should have gone. Um, It's a pretty cool color scheme, kind of different colors than what we've seen before. So I think it's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I think the jersey has to grow on me a little bit, but I do like the color scheme and the logo looks really good. And the production of those videos, I don't know if you saw on... um, Seattle's Instagram that they posted like the uh, the whole like on the boat thing with the water I think that was really really well done so it it built a lot of hype yesterday and then the video that they posted today was really well done as well so shout out to Seattle they're off to a a good start let's see if they can get some players now Um, yeah so anyways uh, let's move on to some baseball but first of all welcome back to unlimited episode number nine Uh, this is like I guess episode eight, part two, but I'll call it episode number nine. Uh, familiar guest from last episode, uh, Tyler Moore. Uh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing
1: pretty good. How are you?
0: I'm doing okay. You know, long day at work, but I'm sure it was the same for you. So, yeah, uh, We got a lot to talk about with the Jays. We were trying to get to some Jays talk in the last episode, but it went on for a little bit too long. So, we thought maybe cut it up into two episodes. That would be the better thing to do. So that's what we're going to do. But before we get to the Jays, there was actually some stuff that broke, um, starting with yesterday's big news. Mookie Betts signed a 12 year, $350 million deal with the, or extension with the LA Dodgers. So, you know, that Red Sox president, I think he said today that, you know, he's a little bit upset that that deal got done. Um, but I can't, I don't blame him for that. Um, But, yeah, good for Mookie Betts. Uh, I think that's the second highest contract, second biggest contract in the majors right now um, behind Mike Trout. So, yeah, long, long long-term deal for Betts. He's going to be about 37 years old when that contract is up. So, hey, you know, he's going to be there for a while, but I think the Dodgers have a lot of winning seasons ahead of them. What do you make of the deal, deal, Tyler? Did you expect to see Betts sign this early?
1: It makes a bit of sense this year with uh, how the free agent market's going to look. I think it's probably smart not to go into free agency in a year like this. Um, So I think he knew he could uh, get quite a bit out of the Dodgers, being that they're the Dodgers and he has some leverage over them because he could just walk. Um, So yeah, I think it uh, it was smart for him to sign the way he did and get a huge contract out of it. And I think the... The Dodgers will be quite happy that they're keeping him. It's not just a rental from him, especially with losing Price. So I think, um, I think they'll be quite happy, and he'll help them hopefully to a World Series for their fans over the next couple of seasons. They've been so close, so he might be the thing to push them over the edge. But uh, we'll, we'll have to see what a couple of years down the line looks like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would be ecstatic if I was a Dodgers fan, you know, locking him up. And then, you know, now they got to sign Bellinger, and then they got a one-two punch for a long time there. So um, a little bit of negative news uh, coming from the Dodgers today. They placed Clayton Kershaw on the injured list, the IL, with some back stiffness as he was hurt in the weight room on Tuesday. So he gets scratched from the opening day start uh, today. We're recording this on opening day. Uh, Dodgers play at 10 or 10.30 here. So um, you know, that's a tough loss right away for the Dodgers. But, you know, hopefully Kershaw's gonna be okay. And uh a guy like Walker Bueller. I don't know if they've confirmed who's pitching tonight. It'll
1: probably be Bueller. He was scheduled to go number two, so
0: Yeah, and like I'm sure Walker Bueller is is good enough to to go tonight on. Um, you know, he's he's probably had some rest. So I don't know when the last time he pitched was, but I'm sure he's good to go and that's a, a guy that the Dodgers can roll with as their ace if Kershaw is out uh, for a, a longer period of time. But uh, I'm sure he's going to be okay. And then also, Juan Soto tested positive for the coronavirus today. And that was really surprising to hear because the Nationals played, or they, they are playing right now. They're playing against the Yankees. And, you know, it's it's already getting off to a bit of a rough start for the MLB, I guess. And already day one and a big name player like Soto has tested positive for for COVID. So there's not really too much to say about it. Just hopefully he gets well soon and, you know, hopefully uh, other guys on the nationals are are okay and uh, nobody else has it. And yeah, just wishing uh, well to Juan Soto. There was also some giant news today that caught uh, Tyler really off guard, uh, or a lot, of, a lot of people off guard. The playoff format. The Jays have a good chance of making the playoffs now. <laughs> it, it might, it might be a, a good season to be a Jays fan now. With 16 teams uh, making it to the uh, the MLB playoffs, so you know that that's obviously gigantic news. Um, Tyler, I kind of already mentioned your reaction, but what was your reaction? I guess when uh, when you heard the uh, the news,
1: it was uh, yeah, it was pretty big news. They they haven't they've been kind of stubborn to change their playoff format over the past years. I know back in twenty twelve was the last time it changed when they added that one game wild card. Um, so yeah, I think it was crazy news to know um, that there's going to be confirmed at least two teams from every division in the playoffs. That kind of changes everything. It's a fight for second as much as it's a fight for first this year. So um, that really brings in the the kind of more fringe, uh, the more fringe and guys that would miss it, uh, teams that would miss it. They kind of get into the mix this year and I think it would drive a lot of competition. And um, yeah, I think it'll make things pretty exciting to have that many teams in the playoffs.
0: So yeah, like Tyler said, it's going to be the top two teams from each division making the playoffs. And then there'll also be the two wildcard um, teams as well being the 7th and 8th place teams uh, with the best record among the remaining teams. So I'm just going to read a little bit about what CBC, uh, CBS Sports uh, said here. So all first-round games will be a part of the best-of-three series, and the games will also be played at the home of the higher-seeded team, eliminating the need for a travel day. So I guess that that makes sense. You know, you don't want to... Have the travel. It's it's unnecessary, and also the league and the MLBPA agreed on a fifty million dollar postseason bonus pool for the players. And uh, the MLB had previously offered twenty five million in negotiations last month. So a big boost to uh, to that negotiation process, process. And speaking of the the divisions and and teams again, like I said, all eight second place teams. Will qualify for the 16 team playoff format. The seventh and eighth place teams will be chosen by the best record among the remaining teams. And the teams will be seeded one through eight based on the 2020 season record. So that's great for all those teams that are maybe in the the NL West with the Dodgers uh, competing for a second spot or even the AL East. You know, they got the Rays who are looking, you know, more and more like. A playoff team now, or the Red Sox, or even the Toronto Blue Jays, which we are going to talk about now. We, like I said, didn't get to them last time, and we got a lot to say. Um, First and foremost, we don't know where they're going to play. The Jays are homeless right now, and it's been going on for a while. Lots of rumors, um, lots of reports that we thought were true, but turned out not to be with the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, and the PNC Park, expecting they, it was expected that the Jays would play there, their home games. But uh, quickly, the Pennsylvania government shut that down. So the Jays are still looking for a place to play. Uh, there's been rumors uh, today about uh, Baltimore, Camden Yards being a potential place for them to go. I think the Orioles have given them permission, but they're just waiting on uh, the government in Baltimore to uh, To give them the yes and I think I think I brought it up um, last time maybe that I still think it should be Buffalo but I think just in terms of of the lighting and I think field dimensions as well there has to be a lot of work done to get that uh, stadium prepped and TV ready and MLB ready but in my opinion opinion I just don't see why another MLB team would let the Jays come to their ballpark, go into their same dugout, their locker room facilities. I think it's just going to be chaos if that happens. So I see why the Pennsylvania government shut that down. Um, and I'd be surprised if uh, Baltimore, Mar- Maryland, right? Baltimore? Yeah. I'd be surprised if, if they said yes um, to the Jays. So I think it's going to be Buffalo, but there was also news today about Washington being the uh, the home for the Jays home opener so there might be a chance that the Jays just just flip-flop from different stadiums at least to start the year Um, Tyler got any thoughts where do you think that the Jays are ultimately gonna play
1: yeah it's interesting to see them in in Washington to uh, to start I guess they might not be too thrilled with that now that they know Juan Soto tested positive. Um, they travel there after they play the Rays. Um, I think they'll be there, what, Monday night, Sunday night? Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, and then they're they're going to welcome the Yankees down there. So hopefully that'll give them about another week and a half to, uh, to make a decision and firm some things up. I don't know how fast or how long it takes to get up... Uh, major league lighting in a ballpark um so that that's a factor i think i think it's not ideal at all that they have to play there it's uh the facilities obviously aren't as good and teams it's just not it doesn't seem like the nicest place to to play 60 games um so it'll be a shame if they do have to play there but it's looking i think you're right in saying that it's uh that's probably the top of the list right now
0: yeah i mean it is unfortunate because i'm sure A lot of the Jays will not want to play in a minor league stadium, but I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't think the Jays do or anybody knows. So we'll see what happens in the next week or so. I guess we'll have some more answers, but as of right now, the Jays will be playing in Washington for their home opener, which is crazy, crazy times we're living in right now. Let's uh, let's move on to some some Jays talk. So, their 30-man roster got announced today. Um, we're going to go through all the players and stuff. Let's, let's try and break it down position by position. And um, let's take a look at their starting rotation off the bat here. So Hyunjin Ryu gets the opening day start. He's the Jays' ace this year. Uh, he's going to be playing against Charlie Morton to start against uh, the Rays uh, later on today. And uh, looking at the rest of their rotation, they got Matt Shoemaker, Trent Thornton. Unfortunately, Ryan Barucki didn't make the team. I thought he could have. But then they also have guys like Anthony Kay as well and Tanner Rourke. And uh, Chase Anderson will not be on the team to start the year as he's injured. So um, who do you think gets the start in game two? I don't know if the Jays have announced it, but. It's I think it's looking like Tanner Rourke, but what do you think of like who do you think would be one, two, three, four, five? Or who do you think would be two, three, four, five, I guess, after Ryu?
1: I I thought I heard something about Shoemaker going number two. Um I think it'd be nice to give him number two. The numbers he put up in his limited starts before getting injured last year were pretty spectacular, so um, I think he deserves to go at number two. Um, and then I think Rourke follows at third, and then uh Thornton, I think he's pretty solid in that fourth spot. Um he had a good performance against the the Red Sox uh last night um before the game got called off. He I think two hit them through four innings, something like that, which was a good performance. Um and then yeah, it looks like Anthony Kay beat out uh Barucki to get that yeah. fifth spot in the rotation, beat out Pearson as well, although I think they're probably just manipulating service time. I don't I think he probably would have made the team if service time wasn't a factor. Um but yeah, it's good to see a guy uh that was the kind of the main piece back in the uh, Stroman trade um making the team and I've heard projections he could be a solid number 2, number 3 uh starter in the uh in the MLB when he gets to to his prime years. Um So yeah, it'll be nice to see that on display for a couple starts at least and then if Pearson comes up, he might be the guy out, or you never know with injuries, Chase Anderson gets into the mix too once he's healthy, so um, yeah, they'll definitely have a few arms to work with in the uh, the rotation.
0: Yeah, so the Jays do have a lot of depth at, at pitcher, and just looking at the guys who made the 30-man, they are carrying a ton of guys in their bullpen right now. Uh, they decided to go bullpen heavy, so some surprising names that that made the cut, Thomas Hatch, uh, Brian Moran. Um, you guys probably don't even know these names. A.J. Cole. So a bunch of no-name guys, but A.J. Cole had a, a really good spring. I think he, he gave up no runs in, I believe it was six innings, if I'm not mistaken on that. Um, or, sorry, six games. Yeah, six innings. Three. He only gave up three hits in the six innings. So I think he deserved to really make the team. Um, you know, Thomas Hatch and, and Brian Moran, they're also surprising names, but they did have, have decent, uh, springs with the Jays or, or summers, I guess. Um, Moran, he went five innings, gave up four earned runs. So, you know, not as good as Cole, but still pretty solid, only four hits. So four hits, four runs for, uh, for Moran. And then for, uh, Thomas Hatch in the spring, he went five and a third, and he gave up two earned runs. so pretty similar stats, I guess, for all of these guys. Um, uh, Tyler and I are going to get into who we think are are going to stick around for the 28 and 26man roster later on. Uh, those names might be in there, but you'll just have to uh, stay tuned and, and find out. Um, any other surprises from from the bullpen or? Or just maybe touching more on those guys. What, what else do you really know about, uh, about those three?
1: Yeah, um, I had heard, I'd read an article or two about Thomas Hatch. I th- heard Pete Walker was pretty high on him. Um, he thought he had some good stuff, some good movement on, on his off-speed pitches and a good fastball. Um, so I, I heard he was kind of the dark horse to make the team. Don't be, uh, don't be surprised if he makes it. Um, Brian Moran's a cool story. He's a 31 year old. This is only a second season. I think he was on Miami last year. Um, you'll probably remember he played his brother in his first at bat, uh, against the pirates and struck him out for, uh, it was his first appearance in the big leagues and his first at bat was facing his brother. Um, so that was a pretty cool story. Um, so he's a nice, uh, nice guy to have on the team, a veteran, He's he could be kind of like the Chris Rowley role, an um, uh, older rookie that comes in, or in this case, sophomore. But uh, yeah, it'll be. It's nice to give him a chance. Um, A.J. Cole was he used to be a starter on Washington a couple of years ago. I think he had a good season back in 2016, maybe something like that. And then he, I think he's had injuries and lost uh, starting rotation jobs, but. Um, yeah I think he played his way onto the team this spring um, he had a good uh good six innings, like you said only three hits, so I think you can't ignore that um, yeah, I guess biggest surprise to not make it uh probably thomas panone um yeah i don't lefty. think his name's in there he's a lefty, so you would think uh, he he is a lock to make the team, but he doesn't um, he's kind of getting older to the point where he has to show what he's got or he's Probably going to be out the door, um, so I think this was his prove it year. Um, so he's probably not too thrilled to be off the team, but uh, that might motivate him to do a bit better. Um, and then I guess the reason why you're seeing these names uh, on the pitching side, you have two guys who were pretty much locks to make this team, and Chase Anderson and Wilmer Font. Um, Wilmer Font being in the the bullpen. Um, with those two guys both injured to start the year, that opened up two spots in the for pitchers, and I think. Um, with those two guys healthy, you might not see guys like Hatch or Moran um, make this team. So I think it gives uh, gives guys a shot that might not necessarily. Um, so hopefully they can run with it and uh, and do well.
0: And also a guy like Nate Pearson, him not being on the team to start the year, that's what gave these other guys the opportunity to uh, crack the roster. Also Ryan Barucki as well. But uh, let's get into Pearson a little bit. Because he's on the taxi squad to start the year. And he's going to be traveling with the Toronto Blue Jays. And he is likely to be the first guy to replace a pitcher that gets injured. Um, Because he's a righty. I guess if it's a lefty that gets injured, maybe they go with Barucki. But uh, chances are um, Pearson is going to get a start in the majors very soon. I think the Jays are going to work him in with a couple of bullpen sessions still. And I think I saw a report, or not a report, but a, uh, I guess, a a rumor or a thought, Uh, I forget who it was, but they were saying that Pearson might get the start at home, I think it's against Philadelphia, or at home, but wherever the Jays play, uh, against Philadelphia, whenever that is, so I think that's going to be a couple weeks from now, if Pearson... um, is on track for for that start, and he does well in the bullpen session. So, we're definitely going to see Pearson up here soon, and then probably one of those guys that we mentioned will get uh, sent down. I think That's-
1: the I think the key thing with Pearson is just uh, his service time. I I read mm-hmm. an article. I think if they wait until July twenty eighth to activate him, I think they get another year, A year of yeah. uh, of service. It's the Blatty rule. Um, yeah, basically. So. Um, yeah, I think they're they're gonna hold off uh, to get that extra year. I think he'll probably only miss one start, um, so he'll probably slot in. Um, he might make, miss two to give Anthony K a better look. One start is kind of not fair judgment on a guy, so they might give K two starts um, and then put Pearson in, um, depending how K does. If he does well, the first start he might get a second. Um, yeah, and then. Also, you touched on Barucki. It's pretty surprising him not making the team. I would have liked to have seen them there. Um, I don't know how Kay did in the spring. I don't know how either of them did in the spring slash summer camp. Um, But it's nice that they put him on the taxi squad. It shows they still have some loyalty to him. Um, So I'd be very surprised if he doesn't start a handful of games this year uh, in the MLB.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at their bullpen again, and there's not too, too many – left-handers. I'm actually surprised that Panone wasn't considered uh, or didn't make the team, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like they got Anthony K, who's a lefty, and um, and uh, Brian Moran, who's also a lefty, but, uh, and I guess Ryu, but yeah, I don't know really, I don't really know what Montoyo's plan is right now, but I'm sure that we're going to see Barucki at some point this year, Maybe even Pannone if they realize that they got to carry more lefties on the team. So, yeah, I wouldn't rule anybody out uh, this year right now. Let's take a look at their uh, defensive side of the game or their offense. And let's go to their infielders first. Bichette starting shortstop. Kevin Biggio starting at second base. Vladdy at first. Travis Shaw at third. And then Rowdy Tellez at DH. On the bench, Santiago Espinal made the team and Joe Panic made the team. Which one of those two
1: surprises you the most? Uh, I think it's got to be Espinal. Um, Panic, they brought in. He has some major league experience. He was an all-star in the past. He's a world series champion. Um, so I think uh, they brought him in to make the team. I think they brought him in knowing he was going to be their main backup infielder for this season. Um, he does have a little bit of concern having pretty much exclusively played second base. Um, so he's going to need some, some more reps at other places if they want him to be a utility man. Um, but I think it's great that Espinelwin, uh made the team, makes the team. Um, I think him, uh, it gives us a chance to see what he's like coming over from the Pierce uh, in the Pierce trade to Boston uh, um, from a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, so I think he's I think he's twenty five, so he gets his shot now. He turned that nice double play in the Jays summer camp. Um, so hopefully he can bring out more of that and uh, capitalize on his opportunities and see if he can't stick around past the the first roster cut.
0: Yeah, it definitely was a surprise to see him on the team, but yeah, like you said, panic. Former Gold Glove winner, World Series champion, lots of experience. So he's going to bring a lot to that Blue Jays clubhouse. So I couldn't see them, you know, cutting him right off the bat, at least. We'll see if he sticks around for the 26-man roster. Um, let's take a look at their outfield. And I guess there was really three guys, like, in competition, Alfred, Fisher, and McKinney but they all made the team. They all made the <laughs> first cut. And, uh, so yeah, in the outfield, they got Anthony Alford, Derek Fisher, Billy McKinney, and then the starters, Randall Grichik, Lourdes Gurriel, Jr. And Teoscar Hernandez. So they got a lot of versatility on, on, uh, in the outfield right now, they got speed, they got power, they got guys who can just get on base. Um, so, you know, I, I really do like what they, they did with their outfield deciding to keep, especially a guy like Alfred, because I think he can do it all. I think he can, he has some pop in his bat, he can run, he can play good defense. Um, And then you got a guy like Derek Fisher who hit two home runs against the Red Sox in their first exhibition game. So he looks pretty good. It looks like he's made some adjustments to uh, his batting stance as well this year, uh, trying to get more power in his swing. He also ditched the high socks as well, which I like, I like the look and, uh, and that Billy McKinney, you know, he's always a guy who can, he's not going to hit with the most power, but you know, he can get on base, seal a couple bases for you as well. So, and play solid defense in a uh, left or right field. So solid options there for the Jays. Um, Tyler, you got any thoughts on the Jays outfielders?
1: Um, yeah, I think there's a couple of reasons why they probably took three extra outfielders. Uh, one of them being that they have 30 spots to start. Um, I think it's, uh, it opens up a lot of possibilities. Number two is the fact that, uh, that both Alfred and Fisher are out of options. So if they were to drop one of them off the roster, they'd have to to clear waivers, which I don't think either of those guys would. Um, so I think, Wanting to keep both of them while also giving McKinney a shot, uh, he came over in that hap trade, so they still feel like they need to give him more reps and like you said he's he's a guy with some speed um where their outfield doesn't have too too much of that, um so he can come in be a pinch runner uh gets on base like you said um, and another reason I think uh you got Guriel dealing with a little bit of a lingering injury um the last report I heard was that they think he's going to be good to go opening day um but that was yesterday that I heard that so I don't know um what his status is by tomorrow uh, tomorrow night um so they could be just wanting some insurance in the outfields uh and yeah I hope he's healthy to start um it's always fun to see him he's kind of a an electric player fun player to watch um, yeah, so I like I like them t- taking three uh those three guys on and giving them all a shot to start. I think you'll see a lot of rotation in that outfield. Maybe you'll see Guriel at DH a little bit if he's still dealing with a bit of soreness from his injury. Um yeah, and then another thing you got Jonathan Davis, who is also that fourth guy in competition there. He conveniently picked up an undisclosed injury, so he's on the uh the injured list to start. Um just so they didn't have to send him down. He comes up with an injury somehow, so they can kind of keep him near the roster still um, and make a decision um, in the meantime.
0: I think Jonathan Davis is going to make the roster at some point. He's just so speedy. I think he's going to be like that Dalton Pompey. If the Jays ever make the playoffs you know, in coming years or maybe this year with the expanded playoffs, he's a guy who you can really trust to come off the bench and steal bases for you. So. He's going to be a little bit of a wild card for the Jays moving forward, in my opinion. Um, So, yeah, this is a 30-man roster with the expanded rosters this year. Um, A bunch of guys who we think might not stick around for uh, the 26-man roster with Pearson going to come up, Barucki knocking on the door, and then guys like Wilmer Font and uh, Chase Anderson as well. Who are currently dealing with injuries, but they're gonna be coming back soon. So let's break this roster down to a twenty eight man roster. We're gonna be Charlie Montoyo and Ross Atkins right now, and we're gonna to have to make the first cuts. So let's let's go to or here, let's let's do this. I'll say one player, you say one player, I'll say one player, you say one player. So yeah. or let's do so two of them to start for Moving yeah. it down to 28. So, in my opinion, I think the Jays will get rid of a pitcher. And yeah. I think that pitcher is going to be Brian Moran. I think it's going to be him. Um, I just think that, you know, he's not really an established player in this league yet. I think that he had the worst spring out of... Um the guys that we previously mentioned in uh, A J. Cole and Thomas Hatch, um, and I think that Ryan Barucky is going to replace him, so swapping out a lefty for a lefty makes the most sense to me. So I don't know if you agree with that, but I think Moran might be the first guy to get cut.
1: Um, I'm going to go with the pitcher too. Um, I would probably lean toward more towards Thomas Hatch. Um, I think. He was a wild card to make it, uh, at a camp. I think he's young. Um, so they might, uh, they might not be as willing to watch him struggle. Um, I think he'll get a couple innings right off the bat nice and early and then see how he does. Um, if he doesn't perform, I could definitely see him being the first one to go down. I think, like you said, with the lack of lefties they have, um, I don't think they'll be able to get rid of Brian Moran, um, unless they're bringing in Pannone, but he's not even in their taxi squad. So, um, yeah, I I don't see him being the first cut uh, unless he really blows things up. I think they need another lefty there. I don't know if they would be comfortable with Baruchi or Anthony Kay coming out of the pen. I think they both they want to keep them both stretched out as starters this year. Um, so I think they kind of are forced to keep Moran if they're not gonna if they don't trust Panone to come back up. I think they're gonna have to run with Moran for a little while.
0: All right, let's uh, let's take a look at. Their offense and who we think might get cut uh, from their offensive side of the game, and you know I look at their infield and Espinal was a surprise, Um, and then I also look at their outfield and and they kept six guys and you only need three outfielders, so I think one of Alfred Fisher or McKinney will get cut, and I think just because of um, the options with Alfred and Fisher, it's going to be McKinney that gets the cut. I also think that Alfred and Fisher are better players than Billy McKinney right now. I already said what I think about Alfred and Fisher. They want to give him a chance to to prove himself after that big trade uh, last year with Sanchez and Biagini with the Astros. So I think McKinney is going to be the odd man out here. Um, Who do you think is going to be the second cut for the Jays?
1: Um, yeah, I think this time I have to agree with you. I think uh, carrying six outfielders is uh, something you can't really do with rosters, anything less than 30. Um, so I think they're going to give Alford and they're going to give McKinney and they're going to give Fisher all their fair shot. I would think probably they're going to see more of Fisher and Alford, but I think McKinney will get a shot to get a few innings and at bats in there. Uh, um, but yeah, I think, like you said, just because he has an option left, I think McKinney's the easiest guy to, to send down. Um, but this is all up in the air with Guriel's injury concerns to start here. Um, if he's injured, then um, you might see all three of those guys getting hung on to because you know you're going to get a lot of reps in for all of them. So you get a bigger sample size to see what each, each three of them can do. So I think if Guriel gets injured, Espinal might be on the block um to get sent down just because he's that second backup infielder. Um but I think if Gurriel is shown he's healthy, I think it'll be McKinney.
0: hmm So then I guess let's just think about their 26 man roster now. Would you say Espinal is is a guy to get cut for that roster?
1: Yeah, I think um I think it'll be him or Panic. I think Panic has a bigger leash, a longer leash than uh than Espinal um, so if Espinal doesn't perform, I think he'll definitely be out when it goes down to 26. Uh, I think Montoyo's shown in the past he likes to carry that extra pitcher when he can. Um, so I think you'll see a pretty full bullpen this season. Um, so I think uh, Espinal about uh, rather than to have two infielders, I think one of those two are going to be the first out ahead of any pitcher um, when it goes down to 26. So yeah, I think Espinal is probably prime candidate to go down first.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. And then just looking at their pitchers, I think there's going to be another cut coming um, in their bullpen. I don't know who exactly it's going to be. It's tough to say because we haven't seen much of these guys. Um, I think it could be between A.J. Cole, um, maybe Anthony Bass, or um, or uh, Thomas Hatch, or, or Brian Moran. I don't know if, if he's going to be a part of the 28-man roster, but we'll see. I think it's just going to be in between those four. Do You kind of agree that it's going to be a pitcher or do you think it it could be a guy like, like uh, Alfred or Fisher? I I guess it's a pitcher, right?
1: Um, I think it depends how many pitchers they're allowed to carry. I don't know if they'd be allowed to carry um, enough if they didn't take out a pitcher um, with this. If, if they're allowed to carry that many and they could take out another batter, I could honestly see them taking out another outfielder potentially. I think Montoyo really likes to have a lot of arms to work with. Maybe yeah. it's he changes up in a shortened season. Um, but I could definitely see it. Uh, I think also something you have to consider is Font and Anderson both probably being back by then. So you have to look at who's going to come off the roster when both of the, those guys come back. Um, I think... Uh, A.J. Cole, being that he's an older guy on a minor league contract, he doesn't have a long leash. I think they'd be quick to to give him up. I don't think they're invested in him that much. Jacob is back, I think, has minor league options. Um, he could go pretty easily. He was kind of a surprise name I saw on that list uh, in the bullpen to start the year um i think you could even see a guy like k or even a guy like font um if font comes out and isn't throwing well um i think you might see him go he he hasn't really shown he can be consistently good at the major league level last year he had a good season a really high strikeout rate i think that's why they like him um so hopefully he does well but i could see him being that he had injury problems to start the year they might consider letting him go if he uh can't get back in rhythm
0: yeah, I'm going to have to agree about the font thing. I don't know about K yet. I think that if it doesn't work out for him as a starter, they could really use him in the bullpen as a lefty. Um, but yet again, he's he's very young, so it's hard to say. I guess we'll see how he does in his first couple of starts. Um, but I really want the Jays to give him as much opportunity as they can cuz all Jays fans were disappointed with that re- return for Stroman, so He's got to prove himself a little bit, and hopefully, Jays fans can be happier if he uh, plays well. Um, let's look at the Jays overall now. And, you know, their offense is mostly very young with their core of Bichette, Biggio, Guriel, and Vladdy. Um, at pitcher, they got their ace, their guy in, in Hyunjin Ryu. And then, you know, after that, it it does get a little bit weaker, but. There's guys like Shoemaker who, uh, who did get off to a great start last year before the injuries happened. Um, if Chase Anderson comes back, then he's a good arm. Tanner Rourke, we'll see what he can do. And then a bunch of wild cards with the young guys Nate Pearson, if he makes the team uh, or when he comes up, if he's going to be good. Uh, and Anthony Kay as well. So, what are your expectations for this young Toronto Blue Jays team this year? Does Do your expectations change at all because of the expanded 16-team playoff format now, you think?
1: I think they definitely change a lot. I think um, opening up more playoff spots and having a young team are a good combination. I think the Jays are confident that they can at least fight for that third spot in the division. Um, and doing so, I think they'll pick up uh, enough wins to sneak in as the 7th or 8th team, which I think they would really love to do. I think everyone will be motivated to do that. Um I think the Jays bats have looked uh good against uh Boston and that's a team we're gonna need to win against a lot if we want that third spot. They're gonna be kind of our direct competition um for that spot, I think. So it was promising to see Vladdy hitting home runs, to see even Derek Fisher hitting home runs. Um you got to see Bichette making some great plays defensively, uh hitting all right, getting on base. Um so I think uh yeah I think it's it's pretty promising. I think expanded playoffs mean the Jays are going to be right in there near the bottom um in the East and hey when you get in there as a wild card seed you never know what's going to happen. So um yeah it's kind of a wild card once you get in as a wild card.
0: It's a good way to put it. <laughs> um yeah I think even in in past years the wild card teams have done pretty well at least. I think up until maybe up until the Jays were a wild card in 2016 i think you know looking at a team like the Kansas City Royals and in, in their playoff run that they went on in in 2015 being a wild card team they had that crazy game against the Athletics and then they just you know caught fire at the right time and made it all the way to the World Series didn't work out that year but then the next year they they come back even better and they win it so a lot of momentum from the wild card teams we've seen in the past so if the Jays sneak in, anything can happen. It's it's the same with any sports. If you just make the playoffs, you know, anything can mm-hmm. happen, I guess. We're gonna talk hockey later on in in, in previ- or in the next upcoming episodes because NHL season's right around the corner and we got a lot to talk about with that. But um yeah, back to baseball. Expectations for Jordan Groshans and Austin Martin. What do you think the Jays plan is? With those two guys, Groshans has been the Jays were one of the Jays' top prospects for a few years now, and you know he's looking for a shot to make the team. Do you think we see him at any point this year? And then same with just drafted Austin Martin. It's kind of hard to to tell um, what he's going to be capable of right now. We we didn't see much of him at all in the exhibition games, um, and saw a little bit of him in the inter squad but uh, not much. So what do you think the plan is for both Groshans and Martin?
1: Uh, Martin, I don't think you see this year, barring any crazy decimation by injuries to the infield. I think he's just way too young. Um, I think they just wanted to give him a little bit of a taste uh, with the big league guys in those training camp days, but uh, I don't think he plays. Groshans, I'd also be surprised if he plays. He's still young, too. Um, I mean, if... If Espinall looks bad really early and they want to send him down, maybe Groshans is a guy that gets called up when rosters are still up at 28. Maybe they carry him to see what he can do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I don't think we'll see a lot of either of those guys, but I think there's a better chance Groshans get in, gets in there for for a few at-bat to be cool to see. Um, but then again, you just need to weigh... Uh, service time manipulation and his age and everything like that. So it'll be a tough decision, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see a guy like Groshans get in um, so early in his career.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, Groshans got a lot of reps in uh, for the inter squad games, but he didn't really stand out as much of a, as much as I would have liked him to. So yeah, I don't really see him getting a big shot this year. Maybe, like later on down the stretch, if they, if they need a spark or something, they bring him in for a couple games. But I think I agree with you on, on both of the guys, really. Martin, I don't really expect to see too much of him. Um, I do want to talk about what you think Martin's position might be in the future, though. Like not this year, but do you see him maybe taking Biggio's spot at second base? Do you see him in the infield at all? Do you see him in the outfield? What do you think his position of the future is going to be?
1: Um, I think what we see in the infield is Vladdy's planted at first, and I think Groshans is probably the third baseman of the future. Um, I think Bichette needs to show that he is defensively capable of playing shortstop for him to stay there. Um, I think right now what I gather the plan is I think Biggio they're planning to move to the outfield um to open up a spot at second base um so that could mean Bichette moves over there and Austin Martin slides in at short um or it could mean Austin Martin takes over at second um and and Bichette stays at short I'd love to see Bichette stay there I think um it's always nice to have a really exciting guy a good offensive player at shortstop um so if he can get his defense sorted out and consistent and uh and be uh a defensive cornerstone for the Jays I think he could uh he will stay there and I think Martin will see a lot of time at second maybe a little bit of time in the outfields um but yeah I think long term you see Groshans Bichette uh Martin and uh Vladdy in that infield
0: seems like a pretty good infield to me and they can all hit so Mm -hmm. you know that's a, a really good core to to build around and then um, you know, a somewhat younger guy in Gurriel in left field. And we'll see what happens with, uh, with Randall Grichik. You already really know my thoughts about him. I, I don't really see him sticking around for, for too much longer, especially after they gave him that awful contract. But um, what are your thoughts on Gritchik? Do you, do you see him being a part of like a long-term solution for the Jays? Do you think he could stick around for that whole Vladdy era, I guess? And and help these Jays potentially win a World Series one day?
1: I think he has a very strong chance of uh, sticking around. I think ownership really likes him for whatever reason, whether you think it's good or bad. I, uh, I think ownership really likes him. They rewarded him with a good contract. Um, I think you got to have a couple older guys on your roster. Um, The way it stands right now, the Jays are going to be so young with you have Jansen behind the plate, that infield we just talked about. You have Guriel in left. You probably have Vigio in right um, if he moves to the outfields. Um, So I think you need a good veteran presence in center field. I think Gritchick has shown defensively he can keep up. He's no Kevin Pillar, but he's he's definitely above average defensively out there. Um, And I think, A center fielder that can, uh, if he can get on base a little bit more and maybe give up a few home runs to just get on base, I think that would do him well. Um, I think he has some speed, so if he can take advantage of that more, that would be beneficial. Um, So I think if you see him putting up 20 home runs, 60 RBIs, and 15 steals in a season, I think that's the numbers you're going to want to look for him, kind of around a 300 on base percentage from him would be great. I think if you get a guy like that who's also an older veteran guy with a young team, I think that would be really beneficial um, come playoffs to have a guy like that.
0: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I think the, the thing with Grichik is, and I've said it before, like he just goes up every time looking for the long ball. At least that's what I see in him. And I would like to see a different approach from him um, trying to get on base, maybe raising that OBP a lot more. Um, I do like what he brings defensively he 's a solid guy in center field he 's fast he 's got a good arm, covers a lot of ground, not Kevin Poard, but he's still pretty good um, i don 't know about the contract to be honest, but um and also you talked about like experience and stuff i don 't really know about that because like yeah, he does have experience, but is it good experience like he was kind of like a role player. In, in St. Louis, I guess. I think he was starting there, like near the end of his career there. But um I would like to see them bring in, if they were to go for like a more experienced guy, a guy who has playoff experience, maybe someone who's in their 30s already, um, someone someone who has, you know, played in those meaningful games, right, to teach the young guys. I don't really know if I want Vladdy, Bo, to be, to be learning from a guy like Gritchik more so than another veteran. But um, no, I mean, hopefully Gritchik has a good year. He did have a good spring or summer. So um, I think he's batting seventh or he's like projected to bat seventh tomorrow. So yeah, I don't know. I don't expect too much from him this year, but hopefully he can step up and, and be a, an impactful player for them. I think uh, in
1: four years, you're going to look back at Grichik's contract and think it's good.
0: Because he'll be gone.
1: <laughs> no, he won't. I don't think he'll be gone. We're going to have to be paying all these young guys big money by then. We're not going to have money to go out and buy a big-ticket center fielder. I'm not so saying big-ticket. His, big tic- his contract is going to look real good in four or five years when he's the starting center fielder. Trust me, he he was a young guy back on, on uh, St. Louis. He got to play with um, – a good manager, good guys like Wainwright and I think Pujols was probably around back then. Yeah, true. Um, Holiday, veteran guys like that. Um, so I think it, it probably showed him from a younger age that uh, what winning is like and like you said, he was starting even back in his early 20s on a good team. So I think he's shown potential. I think he can if, like you said, he maybe tones down the home run swing um, and goes for more contact and tries to work in a few walks to get on base more, I think he'll be a solid, solid piece for the Jays going forward.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to stay optimistic here. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think he can do it. I think he can do it. Hopefully. um, I want to talk about Teoscar Hernandez because, you know, he came over from the Astros and when the Jays first got him, like there was a lot of excitement about Hernandez and what he showed early on. Because he was putting together... I think when he first got here, he was like really hot, right out of the gate. I think he had a phenomenal spring training. He got called up, put together a few games with, with home runs in consecutive games. And then I believe he got sent down. But then he got called back up again like later on that year. Once again, was pretty good. And then it seems like as soon as he's become that starting outfielder for the Jays, he's been on the decline. He... He is kind of like Grichik in the way that he only tries to hit the home run. And um, I don't really know if if Hernandez is a part of the long-term plan. The Jays might be hoping that it's Fisher. What do you think the Jays do with uh, Hernandez long-term?
1: I definitely don't think he's the long-term plan in the outfield. Uh, I think he's shown his uh, shortcomings defensively um, and his... His bat can be really good and then it could be really bad. He's a pretty streaky player. So he needs to get some consistency with that. I could see him kind of in the, in the midterm uh, future being a DH when Vladdy's still playing first um, being a DH. If he can figure out his bat, um, I think he could be a guy to hit um, kind of 25 home runs, 80, 90 RBIs in that DH role, if he can get his bats straightened out. Um, so I think, um, you might see a guy like Fisher or a guy like uh, Biggio move out to right field, um, and then you might see Hernandez move to uh, DH, or you might see him uh, leave the team altogether if he can't get uh, get his bat sorted.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with that. I think there are some replacements that, that are knocking on the door for, for Hernandez, but I can see him turning it around and, and being an impactful player. We have seen it in the past. He he has shown glimpses, so um yeah, we'll see what, what he has in store this year. Um yeah, we're coming to an end of the podcast. Um Tyler, do you have any like like hot take about the Jays this season or maybe even in future years about about the Jays? Anything that that you kinda wanna say, um, maybe like a bold prediction for this year, potentially
1: even? Um, well, I'll give you maybe one negative, one positive prediction. How about that? Sure. I think Hyunjin Ryu pitches to over a 4.25 ERA. Um, I don't see him adjusting too well to start, uh, life in uh, the AL East. Um, especially playing so much in the division, um, unless he gets lined up with a lot of starts against Baltimore. I don't think I think he'll be a bit slower to adjust. Um, I think he'll show flashes of, of the player he can be and I think it might be until next year we really see um, him kind of getting into that mid-3 ERA where I think he can be one day with the Jays. But I think he'll have a bit of a tough uh, time adjusting, and I could definitely see a ERA over
0: 4.25. Wow. Okay. Um, what's the positive? Is that the only ne- – is that the negative?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the, the negative. Um, positive, I think I could see um, both Bichette and Vladi hitting over 300. Um, okay. Both Vladdy probably on a 30 home run pace. Um, probably doesn't get there in a shortened season, but on, if it on were a full yeah. schedule on pace for uh, at least 30 home runs. Um, and I, uh, I think I could see Espinal sticking around the team a bit longer. I think he could uh, show his defense. I think he could show some flashes with the bat, and I think he could um, prove to a lot of people he might be an option at second base a lot sooner than some people thought, and he might push Vigio out to the outfield a lot sooner than uh, people are anticipating.
0: Yeah, I guess going back to to Ryu, it will be a, a challenge for him facing teams like the Rays, Red Sox, and the Yankees as well, especially facing them 40 times throughout the year, um, ignoring the Orioles. But yeah, that, that is going to be a challenge for for him making the transition from NL to, to AL and toughest division in baseball. So I don't know if it's going to be that high, 4.25. I don't know if they even make the playoffs if, if it's that high. I feel like Ryu has to be kind of their MVP in some way if they want to have any shot. At, at winning or at making the playoffs, he's got to win a lot more games than he loses. And um, you know, I think Shoemaker has to have a solid year. I was thinking his ERA should be around four as well if they want to contend. Um and then I think uh, I think Bo and, and Vladdy can both hit three hundred. I think Bo will, will definitely hit three hundred. I think, you know, in in his fifty or so games last year I think he hit maybe three ten, three eleven to end. Yeah, the season. I think
1: it was three eleven.
0: Three eleven. And then I think Vladi was around two seventy. But uh he kinda got off to a slow start. And I mean there's so much pressure on Vladi uh first getting here, so um I wonder if playing in Buffalo helps out. You know, these okay. guys almost
1: batted four hundred there. So um, Yeah, who knows a- what it can do. I think I think a lot of people are are not realizing just how good of a player Vladdy is to come in at age, what, twenty one and put up the numbers he young. did last year. He was nineteen, right? He was nineteen he was... last year? I believe so. Whatever age he came in last year to put up a two seventy plus average with sixteen home runs and almost seventy RBIs is very impressive. Um so I think he'll only take a step forward this year. He I think it'll, he'll have to play real well to hit near 300, but I could see definitely two nineties for sure. Um, Him touching that with at least as many home runs as he had last year. I think, Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think big things could be coming from him. He's looked good in spring. He hit that two run home run uh, in the last exhibition game before the rain shut it down um, right over out of the stadium, over the big monster, over the green monster. Um, So I think, he's ready to go and I think he could hit some balls uh, a long way this year for sure.
0: Yeah. He crushed that one. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the thing also with Vladi is um, a lot of people were concerned about his weight, but it looks like he's really slimmed down uh, coming into this year and he worked hard in the off season. So I think the sky is the limit for Vladi. Obviously potential is really, really high. So he's got a lot to live up to if he, ever wants to have a career like his father did. But I'm sure he can – I mean, it, it's obviously a lot to say right now if he can, that he can get there, but I think he has the potential to. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, coming in at, at that young age and putting up the numbers that he did is very, very impressive. So I'm excited to see what Vladdy does this year. And, yeah, like I said, playing in Buffalo, these guys put up some great numbers there. They're familiar with the ballpark. It might be a good thing if they play there. Maybe the young guys will like it. Biggio as well, right? He's been there recently. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's about that with the Jays. Um, I guess, you know, if, if I had a, a hot take or, or a bold statement, I'm going to say that they will make the playoffs. And I think that they are going to finish second in the division. I think wow. the Rays are not as good as what people think they are. Looking at their roster um besides the first three guys in their rotation um not too much depth and even their bullpen as well and then if you look at their lineup it's really hit or miss with i almost everyone except for austin meadows so you know they could get really cold to start and and just just not being able to pick it back up the red sox scare me maybe not so much their pitching but their offense is always scary. I didn't get to ask you this last podcast, but we'll end off with this question. And I did put it in the document. I just forgot
1: to ask. <laughs> who do you think is going to win the World Series? Um, oh. That's always such a tough question. Um, I think I'll probably go with an easy pick and say the Dodgers. Um, I finally. Think, finally, they do it. I think the Mookie signing um, really put some wind into their sails. I think it picks them up to start the year. Um, Kershaw being injured is a blow, but he faced some injuries last year and they were able to work through those with the, the depth that they have at pitching. Um, so I think if he comes back healthy, especially for the playoffs, um, hopefully this year he can really turn it on in the playoffs where in the past he's been a little bit shaky. Um, if he could do that, I think that they they probably are, are the favorites to to win the World Series this season.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's always tough because the Dodgers seem to be cursed, or they have been cursed the past couple of years. And even a team like the Atlanta Braves could beat them out in the, in the NLCS, even though they lost Donaldson, but they got Ozuna, and they got a, a solid uh, pitching rotation as well. But I'm going to have to agree with Tyler. I think the LA Dodgers are going to end the curse – they will finally, finally win a World Series this year, and it's gonna be epic. It's gonna be crazy, and Mookie Betts is gonna win a couple more uh, before his career is over with the Dodgers. So uh, I know I said the Padres might be a wild card mm-hmm. last episode. I still think that could happen, but it's a long, it's a longer shot than the I Dodgers.
1: Phillies so. are probably a team. Billies? Last episode, you made me come around on them a little bit. I think. Um... I think last year if they will be very disappointed and I think um, a lot of people are pegging Kutch to be a comeback player of the year candidate this season so I think if he puts up kind of a renaissance season to back where he was five years ago um, I think if he puts up numbers similar not maybe not exactly that but similar to that I think if Harper plays the way that he can. I think if uh, Wheeler really steps into that top role in the rotation there um, and runs with it, I think that they have a chance to go pretty far. Um, I think they're, they're a lot different than San Diego and Chicago White Sox who might be another dark horse for some teams where those teams look for some reason, they feel like they're patched together. It feels kind of like Jays back in 2013 when they went out and made that big trade to get Dickey and they went to the Marlins to get all those guys. It felt it didn't feel like a team it felt like a bunch of big names brought together um but i feel like the phillies are more together as a team they've had a year to really get to know each other last season and it was all it was a tough year for them all so i think they'll be really united and wanting to to put on a better show this season and uh, and go far in the playoffs
0: yeah i would say so i think the the phillies do have a a more complete team than what the jays had back in in 2013 there was a lot of question marks. There was there was a lot of excitement. Don't get me wrong with with Dickey and, and Burley, but those guys were old. Those guys were older. And the Phillies have a guy named Aaron Nola. So and Jake Arrieta. So they got and I think they got they got some more guys as well there. So a great offense. So good point you brought up there with the Phillies. Um, I'll play it safe and go with the Dodgers, but uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe it's the Jays. You never know. <laughs> Anyways. Finally, we're done here. Uh, I want to thank Tyler for coming on two episodes in one week. Thank you very much. You're the first guest that has done that. So uh, shout oh, out God. to you. And anything else you want to say?
1: I'm honored to uh, to have that distinction there. It's been a marathon the past couple nights, but always fun. Um, shout out to a guy we didn't talk about on the Jays, Jordan Romano, the only Canadian uh, yeah, sure. on the roster. Um, no offense to him, but I think without... Him being a Canadian, I don't think he makes this team. Um, I think the Jays always like to have at least one Canadian on their roster every year, it seems like. Um, so I think we could see him stick around maybe longer than than he should if he's not putting up the best numbers. I think he might stick around just for that, to have that Canadian on the roster. Um, hopefully he does well. He was selected in the Rule 5 draft last year, bounced around... Um, he was with Texas. I forget who he started with. He bounced around to a couple teams and then came back to the Jays. So yeah, I am rooting for him. Hopefully shows, uh, shows up well and he can make Canada proud, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch Romano and see what he can do.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully he's our closer of the future when Giles leaves. Yeah. Maybe,
1: Maybe, maybe.
0: Anyways. Yeah. Shout out to him and shout out to Tyler for doing this. And yeah, that's it. Thank you guys very much for listening to episode number nine of unlimited. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at unlimited pod. If you guys aren't subscribed, I don't know what you're doing. You got to hit that subscribe button as well. It's just that red button, you know, below our video. So just tap it, hit it, click it. Don't click it, but just, you know, lightly tap it. Um, We're on Spotify as well. So if you want to listen to us without Wi-Fi. Download the podcast on Spotify and listen to us wherever you go. And I think that's it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's opening day. It's Jay's opening day, so there you go. Enjoy the game tonight, guys, and let's hope for a Jay's win. And uh, that's it. We'll see you guys later.